For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Talk Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 537. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today I have my normal co-host, Matt Lungath. Matt, how are you doing today? Today is December 23rd. How's it going? Eric, you're right. It is. We're two days before Christmas. As you and I have often talked about, it is yet another week in 2020, and we are both here, and I'm very thankful for that. Yes. Uh, yes. The weather is great out here on the East Coast. We had a significant snowstorm here in central Pennsylvania last Wednesday. I had a, almost a foot and a half of snow. But uh, how are things out there? I see that you have a coat on. Looks like it's a little chilly for this time of year out in the Bay Area. But how are you doing, sir? How's the weather? And what's the color of the Bay? Well, let me tell you, it is winter here for sure. That's why I am dressed warm. Uh, it is uh, it is probably in the the 40s, higher mid 40s, which for us is is cold in California. So it is, uh, but it is sunny right now. It is sunny and beautiful in California, but just cold and wet. The leaves we got, you know, in the middle middle of California, we're kind of the bit of the Northern California side, we do leave, lose our leaves in the winter time. So we're like, I got a cross. We got, we got palm trees and other kind of tropical stuff that people planted that because we don't freeze, we still have greenery, but then we have a lot of Northern trees because we are far enough North that we get the Northern fall trees or the big leaf trees, which the leaves fall on. So uh, we got like a mix here in the, in the Bay area. It's a little bit wintry and a little bit uh, California at the same time. But beautiful weather and uh, can't complain at all. A little bit chilly, which coming into Christmas is always fun. Uh, the holiday season to you know enjoy the, the the cooler temperatures. So it is beautiful. The it is kind of choppy and windy out in the bay, right? So this is one of these times where it's cold and windy. We don't ice over in the bay, but it is a chilly, chilly brown, murky, green mud kind of bay color. That we, when we get a lot of wind going because the bay is fairly shallow uh kicks up a lot of silt and dirt so it turns out to be kind of muddy green uh, that's the color of the bay the winter time as always with that on the show we thought uh, me and matt uh, thought we would just go over a little bit about a 2020 recap and then talk about some of our big goals that we got for 2021 so um it is good to put 2020 in the books right and get that done and uh so we thought we would just do a, a little bit of the highlights of 2020 there was some good things that happened throughout the year thought we'd just mention those and then talk about some of the things that uh is got me excited about 2021 uh and i think there's there's plenty to to look at going forward and so we'll cover some of that as well so before we do that we'll do a little bit of the news the only news that i do have uh is that uh vSphere beta uh launched i think uh on the 22nd which was yesterday i helped them uh push that launch out on vmtn so uh, vmtn is the entry point for betas so you can go to uh communities.vmware.com and uh you'll 
click on the beta coffee house, the beta in the top, and you'll go to the beta and there is a join the beta program form on the on that front page of the beta community on VMTN. So communities.vmware.com, click on betas. There's a form right there. You can also Google, I think, beta, uh, beta program, uh, vSphere beta, and it'll take you there, right, Matt? Yes, it's uh, even at that, if you just search for VMTN uh, and beta with your favorite search engine of choice, it takes you right there. And then once you're on that page, as you had mentioned, there is the vSphere beta application form. Fill that out and you should get yourself an invite. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it is the holiday season. So if you have some time and you want to upgrade one of your home machines, your lab machines, uh, this is the way to do it. And, uh, and and we're excited about running a beta. Uh, and we're excited about the new community platform as well on the coffee house. So uh, Adam, who runs the, is the community beta manager for vSphere, uh, Adam uh, is, is on that community. So if you post things on the forum, he'll see it as well. Uh, once you fill out and get invited to the community as a whole. So go do that. And uh, I think that's the only major thing we got running for over the holidays, right, is the, the vSphere beta program. Well, we definitely don't want to have people miss out on their vExpert application if they haven't done so already. That The time is ticking down on that. The applications need to be in before January 9th. And as we record this here on the 23rd of December, those two holiday weeks here in the U.S. I'm sure will fly by uh, with, with work obligations and, and family and, and holidays and whatnot. So as you have a little bit of downtime and as you're listening along, set that reminder out there. If it's your first time applying or even multiple times applying and you need assistance, reach out to that vExpert Pro that's in your region for for some application assistance and get your application submitted. Again, the deadline there, January 29th, January 9th, with the awards announcement expected to be February 19th. February 19th. Okay, so I, I take that back. There is the V-Expert things you get to do over your Christmas holiday. And I would say when we're talking about the holiday season, uh, the, I did get budget for some giveaways for uh, 2021 for the V-Expert program. So I know this year, because of uh, lack of planning and confusion around COVID, uh, and we did the online conference. Uh, we never really got a VExpert party. We never did a VExpert gift. Uh, it's just too hard to mail everything out last minute. Literally, if you have to mail out 2,000 things of anything, uh, if you just consider how long it takes somebody to package something up and mail a single thing, when you talk sure. 2,000 things, it's just impossible for us to do it last minute or you know figuring out what that means uh this year we have plenty of time we know that covid will be with us probably till the summertime until everybody gets vaccinated which means that uh it's not clear whether we're going to have an online vm world or a a in on-prem vm world i do not know i think it's looking like it's going to be online again but this year because we have enough knowledge and time we are planning ahead of time to get uh something going for the vExpert party, as well as some kind of thank you gift for, for all the vExperts. And uh, uh, I'm thinking Raspberry Pi 4s, but we'll see how this uh, turns out um, because there's a lot of cool things gonna be happening as we'll talk about ARM. Uh, so if you haven't done your application yet and you do want to get one of those uh, thank you gifts, which could be Raspberry Pi 4s, I suggest you, um, 
get your apps in. Take a little bit of your time over the holiday break. Get your apps in. And uh, yeah, and we will be fairly forgiving this year with regards to how many events you've gone to or what you've actually accomplished. Because, again, it was a year of 2020 COVID. So um, there is uh, going to be a lot of forgiveness when it comes to the apps. If you're new, you're going to have to prove that you have done you know, high quality work somehow throughout the year. If you are a V expert in 2020, um, you can imagine that all you really got to do is get your app in and kind of duplicate kind of where you were in 2020. 2019 and the likelihood is that uh, we're probably not going to deny very many people for lack of for performance in 2020 so there you go um high quality is everybody's own definition as graham points out you know there is uh, what does high quality actually mean um hmm Good question. We do have a point system for the VExpert program, though. So we do apply points. Uh, we have taught the VExpert pros how to allocate those points out uh, to users. And it kind of, you know, goes like if you do a book article, if you do a book, you publish a book, you're going to get 300 points right off the bat. That gets you in the program because you're a published book author, right? Then, you, you know, if you if you do VMware forum posts, or you do other community activities, you get points for those activities. Um, you know, forum posts are a couple points per forum post. If you answer questions, you're getting five points and you got to make it up to about 250 points throughout the year to be kind of uh, into the expert program where you're actually contributing to the community. Remember, that it's a community program that is about the content, right? What are you producing for the community? How are you helping? So in the old days, the BBSs, it was one upload for every down 10 downloads. Now, we can't actually enforce that one upload to every 10 downloads on all the community platforms and all the places that you can engage with the uh, V community. But when it comes to the expert program, we actually look at that and we go, okay, did you do your one uploads to the 10 downloads? Did you actually create that content? Uh, and if you did, then uh, you're going to be in. Um, if you didn't, then, uh, you know, uh, don't worry. As long as you were in, in 2019, you'll probably get grandfathered in. If you're not, haven't been in, you're going to have a little bit more trouble. There's always blog articles. There's always ways to get things done. So, uh, feel free to, uh, go app, go yeah, online. Reach out to that V expert pro, obviously, if you have questions with the application process. Um, okay. So that's, that's, how, that's what we got for the news of the experts and, uh, um, and the vSphere beta program. So let's move on. So Matt, 2020, I know you want, we, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the highlights of 2020, uh, but I'll let you, I'll let you start, start the conversation. So I think the, a great way to look at this is let's just go back to the YouTube channel that we have obviously available at uh, youtube.com. And if you search for V barbecue with a traditional spelling, B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E, I can see what, what the videos that we've posted from the last year, and anyone obviously can go back there and, and review some of this great content. And one of the first things that steps out to, to mind, Eric, within the last year is you celebrated 500 episodes of the community podcast. I can I can see here in about, uh, I believe it was February, the, the episode number 500, where you had John Ferrier back on it on February 14th. Uh, of this previous year. So Valentine's Day, I believe you went through and uh, uh, just a, a history of the program and how everything got started with, with V-Expert and, and whatnot, but a great episode. And, and again, a, a 500 
is a is a pretty significant uh, number of recordings that are out there and and something to be acknowledged and I, I think that's a great thing. Yeah, it is a it is it was a it's a lot of them. I remember John Troyer just saying like I, he didn't think because I think he'd done about half of them. So John Troyer did the first 250, and I ended up doing the next 250, give or take, right? And uh, I remember when John was talking about the 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 community podcast and uh, you know, every Wednesday, you just got to do it. And, um, and he was, he was resigning at the time. He was just talking to me about it, right. in the history. And uh, he had, you know, what went off to run his own consulting practice. And uh, he was like, yeah, there are very few things that he's done that many of right. Where he just, you know, 250 is a lot of numbers of things that you have done. And we all know that we go, we have breakfast 300 years, so yeah, 300 days uh, a year. We do lots of other things, but those major deliverables where you're doing a show, you're getting guests, you're, you know, working on a script, you're figuring out what to do. He was like, there's a lot of those, right? And so now I've done about half of those as well. And uh, I would say that, yeah, it, it, they tick through. Um, as long as you try to do them every week, it's easy. The minute you fall off the, the wagon, uh, it gets harder to get back on, right? Like it, uh, you have to get your guest. Uh, by Wednesday, you do this podcast. You take one day off, you know, Thursday. But then by Friday, you're going like, okay, who's the next guest? Who do we have scheduled? Sometimes we schedule them out four or five shows in a row where we have a month and a half of guests lined up. Other times we have nobody, you know, and we're looking around going, okay, who, who do we have in the BUs or what do we want to cover? Uh, we actually have uh, Noelle Greer that looks at um, uh, all the uh, advocacy popular posts. So the advocacy platform, advocacy.vmware.com has a lot of people posting and they've got 5,000 members. So she'll look through and see which of the posts are the most popular. And then we'll reach out to the people that created those posts and ask if they want to come on the show and just talk about what their, what, what their, what their content was. So, uh, yeah, uh, Martin Schmidt, for instance, that's how we invited him, uh, to be on the show to talk about, uh, smart Nicks. Uh, and he delayed the show, but he's going to come on early January, but that's, that's where we find out what's trending. What are people very interested in? So that has to happen on, you know, if you don't have that lined up, you have to get that done Friday, Thursday or Friday, get an invite out, get somebody scheduled, make the list of uh, topics you want to talk to them about, uh, engage with the, the speaker, make sure they're comfortable with the topics and then, you know, schedule it, send an invite, get everything set up uh, and then and then run it. And away, away you go. And as long as you're on that curve, as long as you stay current, everything is fine. The minute you kind of don't do your work on Thursday, Friday, Man, by Monday, if Monday comes, you know, people don't have that kind of time to put a, a you know, oh, sorry, I can't come on Wednesday. First, they panic because they think it's scary to be on a podcast, right? And they don't want to just come in a day later. Like, there's a couple people like Bill Roth and some some of the other guys um, uh, that that can can do it and that are regulars that know. And so we can have a regular come in uh, and, and handle it very easily. Mike Hume, for instance, can come on. Bill Roth can come on. A couple of guys, Eric, uh, Hinder, Hinder, Hinder. Yeah, we, we had Eric on, on several yeah. episodes. Yeah. Eric can year. come on because he's just a natural gifted uh, talker, right? Um, and a great guy to listen to. But yeah, 500. 
500, 500 shows and uh, we'll keep going as long as uh, long as we still have a heartbeat. And then at some point, if uh, if the world stops ends for me, uh, then I'll I'll hand it off to somebody else. You know, Matt, you keep going. Somebody somebody will keep going every Wednesday. That's the key. You know, just keep doing it. So trying to and, maintain a rhythm. Ho hopefully we can we can keep that going in, in 2021 and, and have uh, that that regular cadence on every Wednesday. Yeah, we, we should have mentioned about, about blog posts and whatnot and Noel Greer going out there and finding those resources in the community. And one of the, the first episodes that, that I helped you to, to co-host was back at number 511, which was based on Fabian Lenz blog article that he did with real world use cases for VGPUs. And that, that was way back at what seems like forever ago. And uh, let's see here, that was that was the beginning of May. But just a, another example of someone that, that within the community, obviously Fabian is a very ac accomplished uh, member of the V community, especially within the EUC space. And, had, and we had found his, his article that was out there about uh, his use cases for VGPUs. And really dove deep on that, and it was a great episode. Yeah, and and for us, I, you know, there are a lot of really good podcasts out there, right? That 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 are running podcasts every week that probably even do a better job of covering the deep technical content, right? You know, there's, there's some really good ones out there. But what we try to do is we try to focus on the community aspect of it. The one upload to attend down, you know, like download kind of theory, right? With that's the whole idea of community for me is about sharing your knowledge and sharing kind of stuff that you've built so that other people can either move that forward and build more stuff or at least help you get your home lab up or, you know, all the, you know, education, certification, just the whole sharing and helping each other kind of scenario. So when I'm looking at guests, I mean, I could have Pat Gelsinger come on the show any moment, right? Like Pat, I know each other. We're, you know, I wouldn't call us friends, but he certainly has been on. He came on uh, on the VMware Code uh, uh, event this year, right? Like, if I want Pat to come on, I can get I can get anybody on, right? Like, because I know everybody at VMware. I've worked there for 15 years now. So, um, but what I try to do is just look at like who's a community guest, who would the community be interested in from a personal perspective, right? All of you get a chance to listen to Pat talk, you know, every three or four times a year. For me, it's about finding community people and then sharing the the community aspects and the and the people that are creating content, you know, for the community. I think that's that's kind of what our angle has always been, which is why it's the community podcast. So a little bit. All right, different. that's that's yeah. the mantra, right? That's yeah. that's who yeah. we're ultimately trying to focus on. Right. The other thing that as long as you mention numbers, um, the other one that I kind of feel proud of is the over 2000 V experts this year. Oh, absolutely. Huge announcement. Right. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that the summer's V expert announcement that, that we had that cracked that magical 2000 V expert number. That's a, a tremendous accomplishment. Right. And we actually had like 3000 or 3500 apply. So, you know, it was, you know, a lot that didn't get didn't make it because their apps were basically blank or didn't have very much or one or two lines or things that wouldn't acquire. So that's a that's also really nice that we have 2000 people that generate content that understand the idea behind sharing that actually work on sharing and strengthening the V community. So, um, you know, we started it back in the day when uh, there was only, you know, 25 people. I remember me and John Troyer sat down and 
made a list. Seated the program, so to say. Seated the list. He was like, we can't do it there. How do we spin this up? I'm like, just, just, let's just find 25 people and put them in the program. And then we'll start from there. Right. So me and John sat in a conference room and talked about people that we knew of uh, and uh, made that list. And it was 25. And I remember thinking that Microsoft had like 1800 people in their um, MVP program, uh, valued professional program. Um, So Microsoft MVP, we didn't have anything. We spun up the VExpert program with 25. And I remember thinking, oh my God, Microsoft is at like 1800, you know, MVPs. They have a directory, they have a whole website, they have everything. And we have a spreadsheet with 25 people in it and a, a Twitter handle, right? And some email addresses. And uh, that's where we started, which again, that that crossed, yeah, I think we're at like 11 or 12 years now uh, running, running that program. So also, you know, the numbers stack up and uh, we all get gray hair, except for Matt, you don't. You just have beautiful hair all the time. You could use Eric will grow t- twice a day, Eric. That's that's the key to success with this beard. Nice. Um, so yeah, that was that was uh, that was a big a big a big milestone in 2020. What else was out there? Going down. Well, I line. see it going through the next list. Uh, episode number five twelve. I mean. A, an area that we've, I think, in some ways, everyone sort of had time to focus on being at home and whatnot, education and certification. So we had Carl Childs on, which was a great episode of talking about, one, how you can take advantage of these great education and training resources that are out there and available and some new education and certification paths uh, that were available within um, all of the, the VMware uh, BUs. Regardless of what your interests or maybe you know some of the new technologies are out there as far as Kubernetes and Tanzip, and and five twelve I really enjoyed it. That that was right there again towards that end of May time frame, and to have Carl on and to speak about that I think really sort of spoke to the year. And in some ways, if if you could have a highlight of of twenty twenty, given everything else that was going on, we did have a little bit more downtime. And I've talked to a lot of individuals that have used this to go out and grab that certification or just even training or, or, or dust off that home lab to build up uh, that school skill set that they may have not, not had time to do before. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was a, yep. Everybody gets to the, 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 the thing that I have on that education perspective is also um, it's more time in your chair. So even though it's fun to go learn more things and this is downtime, it, it is one of those challenging things there this year that spending more desk time is one of those things that, uh, oh good, I have to go do more desk time training. But it is that, so I like the idea of mixing that training with, uh, with podcast number 504, which was vSphere 7 new core features with Bob Plankers. Um, where you can also, you know, get vSphere 7 in your home lab, set it up, right? And then and then go take a training course, right, where you come up to speed with everything that you get on your home lab. And I, I look at the that episode. That episode was our number one episode, I believe, going back to January. I think we had 7,000, almost 8,000 downloads of that episode, which is pretty good although technically code wars with Kripa uh, talking about vSphere and Kubernetes actually peaked at 10,000. So 
I guess I guess Bob didn't make that award, but that was a. I like Bob Plankers and I like vSphere. I like the education piece. I think it was yeah, good good year for learning your core, brushing up on your core STDC knowledge and all the interesting kind of you know topics as well. Yeah, we had Bob on later in the year, and we'll get to that as well. But progressing along at, at episode five thirteen, which the the V community. Um, a guitar playing rock god, uh, as we talked about before, was with Eric Inderer. And we had a great episode there talking about uh, all the new feature sets with uh, SD networking and NSX uh, right there at the end of May going into June. What episode was that again? That was number 513. 513. Let's check out the stats on 513. 513 picked up. 3,500 downloads, give or take. So popular show as well. He's a really good guy. If you didn't get a chance to watch his, he's a fun one to watch. Uh, either you can go to vmw.re slash pod uh, 513, or you can, you know, I assume that's on uh, YouTube as well. It absolutely is. Uh, if you just search for VM, VMware CMYT podcast 513, I'm sure it'll get you right there. And then, and then for... Yeah, that's what progressing I along. We had we had episode 516 where we had talked about the V Expert Pro program and everything that we do there as far as the the voting and qualification. It was myself and Corey uh, talking about what we believe was the the summer awards for the V Expert Pro program and and going through uh, the voting and qualification process. Nice. Yep. 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 Uh, as always, 50. The, uh, the expert pros may be going up to more than that now. Haven't really paid attention, but all around the globe, right? And uh, good resources in all the countries to go do that. So, again, a great podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. So, again, as we had talked about right there at the, at the kickoff of this episode, if you if you need a resource for those V effort V expert applications, be sure to reach out to your local V expert pro. And then we were into 517, which I think was probably one of my highlights for the year. There was a couple out there, but uh, obviously EUC being a, a big topic that I'm, I've had professional interest in and I work in every day, uh, we had Gabe Newth on. And Gabe has a long history within the EUC community, and we talked all things about Horizon. And definitely uh, we always joke with it within the EUC BU about it being the year of EDI and in many ways um, through probably uh, several different influences, this was truly the year of BDI. So many reasons uh, for work from home and, and the mobile workforce and whatnot. And I, I don't think once we've introduced a lot of those technologies that they're going away any, anytime soon. So what has been a, a great platform finally got that visibility that, that was out there. And we spoke with Gabe at length about all everything that's within that platform and, and how that's being deployed and how large international organizations are, are using the Horizon stack uh, to get those desktops and applications out to what is now a truly mobile workforce. Absolutely. Yep. So then we were over to, well, now we're just almost right up against that what was VMworld time, believe it or not. So so we're into, you know, episodes I see like, uh, Spring one, which was the the episode five twenty one we had with with Nathaniel uh, and whatnot, which was was right there. 
And then we had episode 522 where we were talking about what were the, the new hands-on labs with Leanne and Sandy and everything that we had to do to pivot for what was the, the new VM world that we had known and the, the virtual VM world this year and, and how all of that was going to be handled. And I thought it was you know, tremendous of, of the pivot that an organization had to take from such a key event. I mean, really the, the cornerstone in the, in some ways, the marketing year that is the VMworld event, and then to, to pivot to, to a whole entirely new mantra, if you will, of how they were going to deliver news and information and, and some elements, uh, the community aspect of uh, VMworld for 2020. Yeah, there was, a, there was an interesting time to shift to you know the whole COVID shift, right? Where we were trying to deal with what does it mean for VMworld and all the questions we had from everybody, and then trying to you know build that content road journey, you know, uh, from scratch, right? Where we have to have all the speakers record, and thanks to the whole entire community for you know pivoting with us, right? I think there were 700 sessions and. Many people had to record multiple sessions and have a camera crew dropped off at home where they could then record these things and then upload them and deliver them. All in all, uh, a lot of work by everybody to make that pivot and to to do that work. And HOL was no exception to that with uh, Sandy and Leanne, you know, creating uh, what was, you know, an HOL experience online at the same time to just give everybody that sense of, you know, belonging and normalcy, right? Um, where you can learn about everything, you know, VMworld is one of these times where you do spend time learning about all the new tech as well as, you know, us releasing products. And this is where we talk about, you know, the new features and, you know, that are capable, you know, available in the products. So yeah, busy time. And, and we had talked about that community aspect, right? And then in episode 526 that we had with Nick Howe, we had talked about the, the, how the, the community, the community came together and, and set up their own Discord site that was sort of the, the interactive um, element that the in-person VM world so often gives us of the, you know, the side banter uh, that we, we, as we sit in the you know, certain aspects of, of the arena and whatnot and get to talk about all the announcements and do a little post-game analysis we needed that element within the community and Nick Howe and his fellow associates went out and, and made a great discord channel that was manned through the entire event. And uh, we talked with him about that initiative in episode 526 and, and what they did there. Yeah, they were, they, they, they did a lot of work, right? I mean, I hats off to them for building out that channel and recruiting. And I think we tried to help them recruit people to, to pull the, pull the year off and get everybody engaged in what I would call the virtual community booth, right? Where the VM world uh, team did not want to give us virtual capabilities that were for free that everybody could come engaged with. And so we asked the VM world team, whether, whether they would let us create, uh, you know, sponsor a, a Discord environment, and they said okay, we could we we could do that for the V community, and so uh, we work with Nick and uh, Orbital Jigsaw, and they and we also work with Alistair and V Brownbag uh, to create content and uh, create an experience over on Discord where you could come in, watch some of the live stream sessions, and then chat with people. So kind of like sitting around the the real physical community booth watching 
watching the keynotes on the big screen, right? So kind of, uh, and that was a, a nice environment, right? I know Corey was there every day chatting with people and engaging and saying hello and thanking people for being the experts. So it did create a kind of online experience and uh, we're hoping to do something again. If we go virtual again, we'll try to try to do that again and do some promotion as well. Sounds fantastic. And then we were into uh, episode 527, so post-VMworld, where we had talked with, again, uh, Bob Plankers, who was, was a, uh, obviously a, a, a multiple guest of the show. He was, as you had mentioned, on earlier in the year, and here we are at the, the middle of September, where we had uh, him on with the vSphere launch teaser and some more things with the, within the, the vSphere stack uh, with Bob and, and describing all those announcements coming out of VMworld. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bob is a, one of these guys that uh, has a great following of people too in the community, right? So you know he puts out, uh, he gets you know on a vSAN record recording show like that, uh, you know forty four thousand two hundred downloads, which during COVID times, just to set expectations, like we were running on average per show four to five thousand downloads per week, uh, but that's because a lot of people commute and listen to the podcast during their commute. When we went to COVID, that number dropped in half. And so the average downloads for the community podcast were just, you know, 2000, give or take, right? And so because people aren't commuting, everybody was stuck at home. Now that number has slowly recovered. Uh, so, you know, we're at 27, 2800 to 3000 per week. Uh, but a guy like uh, Bob Plankers comes in and talks about vSAN, the launch of vSAN and, and vSphere and automatically 4,200 during COVID, which is double the normal number we get during COVID. So guy, guy had a good draw, good set of community and then fun to listen to. Yeah. And I'm sure that I was just actually talking with a, an area Tam uh, last evening that was doing some home remodeling and wanted to, to have something more in the background and, and had some of the, the community podcast playing along. So just because the, the numbers might be a little bit down, it's one of the great advantages of podcasts. They're always out there to listen to on demand, and that we'll probably see those numbers increase as we go through the uh, the next couple of months here, and especially over the holiday season. And I believe you had mentioned that that Kripa's episode had one of the highest at downloads. So VMware Code, correct? Yeah, that was uh, ten thousand, right? Um, okay, and the episode number on that? Uh, killing me! You're killing me! Uh, because we, and the reason I bring that up is we had her on an episode number five twenty eight, which is immediately after the episode with with Bob Plankers. Now I'm not sure if that was the the ten thousand listens episode or not, but yeah, we did in... speak about the VMware Code program and some of the changes that were coming in there. And I believe that was right around the Code event that we had that you had, had mentioned that right. that uh, we had Pat come in and and provide some of the keynote for. So in episode 528, we, we had Kripa, and it uh, looks like Corey was on that episode as well, describing some of the changes that were coming on to the code program. Yeah, the uh, the, the, the 10,000 episode was January 29th, beginning of the oh, year. Uh, early in the popular. year. Yeah, and it was VMware Code Wars with Kripa okay. and uh and the Kubernetes challenge. And so we were talking about the plans for VMware code throughout the year. And it was just a, a popular, I think anytime you say code wars, you get, you, I think you trend on Google, 
uh, and get a lot more people to download it because they want to know what's going on. Uh, but then, yeah, so Crippa did come back on and uh, talk about what we were doing. And we did do the Code Connect event, which was a pretty big event. And, uh, you know, we were really, really happy with the reg numbers that were actually uh, happening. And so what number was her episode? So that was 528, 528. Five, yeah, okay, yep, she was there. Uh, 3,000 downloads with that one. And so, yeah, people cared about what was actually happening. And if we look at the number of people that came to the Code Connect event, they were on-prem present. It was, you know, 2,000, 3,000 people came to the Code event. Uh, we had 25,000 people register for sessions uh, for the code events. So we did learn a little bit about, you know, you get 25,000 registrants, um, you get 10% of those that actually come to your event uh, during COVID times. And so um, learn that number. We were really excited, 25,000. Wow, this is amazing. But we did get uh, two, two to 3,000 people come to the actual event, which is a good number if you look at, you know, the code participation, even during a VMworld event, uh, you're you're probably going to be at, you know, 1,500 to 2,000. So getting uh, two to 3,000, I think it was 2,700, you know, coming in and engaging in real time on a video stream when, you know, you're competing with a lot of other video streams throughout 2020. It was, uh, we were really, really pleased with everybody and got to see everybody. And Pat came and uh, so did... Uh, Oh, who did the, um, hmm, can't remember the other keynote speaker, but uh, young, good guy, the guy that worked on vSphere uh, when he was an intern. Uh, name escapes me, but I'll think about it. So we had those guys doing kick kickoffs, and we had 3,000 people show up, so it was also good. Was that Kit by chance? Yes, it was. Thank you. Kit Colbert. Okay. Right. Yeah, we also had him on in uh, a recent episode. Yes, they did the... Uh, the VMware, the, the career path episode. Yeah, the we career, had him on yeah. with, with speaking about that, that whole entire career journey, right? Yep. So from yep. his, from his initial start, how he owned some, I believe was with the back end for what was the, the original code for vMotion and how he had progressed into a, a senior vice president within the EUC stack and then transitioned out. It was a great episode to hear how someone came on board with VMware and progress from a, a PM up through senior management ranks, and then even above and beyond that, shifted to BUs and still continues to be with the company today. Yeah, yep. And uh, more importantly, that was the episode where they did produce a document. Uh, it was like kind of a PDF that you can download for free. You can Google it, which is a career guide. And it talks about the opportunities for you to expand your career, go grow your career. So you can go download that today. Uh, they, they they make it available to on, online, uh, the VMware IT career guide. You can probably Google that and find that. Uh, and Kit was doing uh, sessions on it because uh, it came out of the CTO office because we think it's important as we grow our product portfolio that we lay out, you know, different career options for people uh, as they they grow in this technology. And uh, I always tell people that that uh, we get 7,000 new community members sign up for VMTN every week. So there's 7,000 new people joining our ecosystem every week. Right. Um, and you think about that, that's a, that's a pretty big number, right? You know, that's a lot of people every week. It's a huge, huge yeah, number right, per, right. per week, per day. Now, what, the actual, the name of that guide, I, I just did a quick Google myself. I had to, to remind of what's out there. It's the Virtualization Professionals 
career guide. If you Google that, that is the first result, at least it was for me. I'm sure it would be on your first uh, page if it isn't the first results. But again, that's something that, that's out there. It's a PDF. It's a great read. Yeah. Yep. It, uh, it is there. It's a great read. It uh, kind of lays out, you know, directions that you can take your career, given that we are now in Kubernetes, that we have Kubernetes embedded in vSphere. We have vSAN. We have networking. Uh, we have traditional compute. We have end user computing. Um, we have cloud services, uh, that, you know, the security. We have the whole security domain now. And so this gives you a lot of different options as, uh, as you grow your career, what you want to focus on. Um, if you want to climb up that ladder, a lot of people are happy with where they're at. That's perfectly fine. Uh, but uh, Kit was talking about, you know, we are a diverse company with a lot of technologies. And from an IT administration perspective, he laid out, I think, in that guide, three or four different major career options that you could move forward with. So I thought that was he. He stands out as a, as a great guest this year as well. Which is really when you're going through these, Matt, I got to say, there were some really good episodes that at the end of the episode, I know people don't get to hear this, but we do a little wrap up once we end the recording. We talk to the guest and me and Matt talk and sometimes some of the live people are on that call, uh, Graham and Tony and maybe a couple others once in a while. And then we'll just talk about whether we thought it was a good episode. And there were some of these episodes that I'm like, wow, that was a yeah, really, it was really good, really, really good. Absolutely. Episode. Right. Really, really enjoyed hearing that. And I hear a lot of things from a lot of people, right? But, uh, you know, these weeks grind along, and uh, there's there's ones that are really, really, uh, every time I do one with a good guest, I'm like, wow, I learned. I learned more things. So that's what we're going to try to do next year as well. Any along that theme, one of the ones that really came up for me, and I have to say that because this was a last-minute guest, this is one of those things that we had talked about where we were looking for to bring someone on. And this was, I think, a, a, you had a personal relationship with this individual. But just here within the last month or so was episode 534. We talked about Project Monterey and software-defined networking with uh, Mervin Fernandez. And I thought that was just an absolute incredible episode. Mervin, as we had talked about, had a tremendous depth and experience back to the, the late 80s with, with networking and whatnot. And just really enjoyed speaking with him, an individual that prior to that, that episode I had uh, didn't have the chance to interact with and just a, a breath of knowledge uh, from everything Cisco and networking and how all of these new software defined components from both the telco side, we had talked about telco elements, we had talked about enterprise net, networking, and we had even talked about out at the edge and how all of that plays together. Yeah, I go back with Mervin probably uh, into 19, I think I've known him since 1986, right? So I don't know, you calculate the years on that. That's 20, probably 40 years, give or take. Um, probably knew him before 86, probably 85. And both he and I started our career almost at the same time. He might be a year or two older than me. Uh, and uh, he started at Cisco and I started at uh as an IT administrator for, you know, Kodak and then ended up at uh, Sun after a year of maybe three or four or five years. And so me and him, he was at Cisco, I was at Sun and we chatted about things. But one thing I'd say about him, and that is episode 534, if you want to go back and listen to that one, um, is that he's been in at Cisco 
And there are very few people that when we talk computer science, right, that I can't keep up with, right? Like I know CPU architecture, I know, you know, layers on top of that, um, yeah, all the way up to the software stack, developer writing code. And not, not that I'm really great at any of these layers, but I, I do know them fairly well, right? And I can keep up with talking and also understanding where the industry is going, right? So, uh, and you know, I live in Silicon Valley, so there's a lot of people that I run into through my daily contacts in the Bay Area that uh, are pretty sharp people. But Merv is one of the guys, and I, ha I have that in my, my checkbook that, he would talk to me about the networking infrastructure at Cisco and what Cisco is doing throughout the years. And I was always lost. I could not keep up with him, right? Like in all the technology that he knew and the speeds and the fees and the protocols and the layers and the protocols and where the industry was going, he was always a fascinated guy to talk to because he just knew everything about networking because Cisco was the networking leader, of course. And even after he left Cisco, he went and worked for, uh, you know, and he didn't leave Cisco until maybe 2012, right? But he continued to work for avant-garde kind of networking uh, companies uh, in, in the, on the edge. And so he's just a fun guy to have come in and talk. And at the time we were talking about where we're going with modern networking, uh, VMware. And he also did a lot of networking design um, in his maybe from 2005 to 2012 around VMware products. So he had a good understanding of where VMware was was going as well. So I thought that was a, a very interesting thing. And my my f the fun part of that podcast was that um, he did not know about SmartNICs. Right. So because he had been out away from VMware networking for maybe two, two years now. So he didn't really understand the whole smart NIC um, uh, model. Right. And once I once we explained it to him, he's like, oh, and after the call, he went, I did not know that VMware was doing that and thought it was really cool. And I finally went, finally, I knew something that uh, Mervin, Mervin Fernandez did not know. So. I think that we all had a lot to learn in that episode. I, th I think that we, we learned together and grew our knowledge as, as a collective there uh, as that hour and two or three minutes progressed along. And, and one of the things I know that we had talked about offline after that episode, it just felt like well, one of those sometimes that we're on there with a guest and that hour just absolutely flies by. And with Mervin, I'm sure we could have done easily another episode a great guest um and tremendous technologist right okay because the title of this podcast um i do have to switch gears here because the title we titled this podcast was uh 2021 goals with matt matt and i know we've covered 2020 uh, but before we shift, I think we got like 15 minutes left here because we got a late start. Um, anything else we want to call out before we talk a little bit about 2021? I want to take a quick jump back because I know it was we, we actually did two separate episodes on this because it was such um, a major project for, for your group was the new VMTN community site uh, that we had talked about the launch specifically in episode 532 with Jenny, which was right there when we went live with the site. And then I believe earlier in the year at episode 508, we had talked about some of the coming changes. So it, we covered it twice. It was a major, major initiative for your group there, Eric, as far as that, that rebranding and, and moving platforms and everything that was involved. And we covered it in those two episodes. 
Uh, and I, from what I understand, this, this site has been going well. And uh, we had talked about that the beta program that's being hosted over there for the, the new vSphere beta that's available. And again, that's being hosted off of the new community site. So congratulations on, on that uh, move and change and move over to that flat platform. And I think that is something to be celebrated. I have post-traumatic stress syndrome disorder from from 2020, not from COVID-19, but from uh, trying to migrate uh, 5 million user accounts uh, to to the new platform, right? It is a brand new platform. Right. So, I mean, that's something to be said, right? We, we, we obviously put some time out there for these episodes, but it's 5 million users that, that had to be migrated over. That's, that's quite the number. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's funny because um, if, you know, we, we ran the numbers on this because we, we knew we would have to, right? But if you just mess up 0.0001% of those user migrations, that's going to be a thousand users, right? That are going to call you saying, I can't log in anymore, right? So the, the, Getting it right model has to be like 0.0000001, right? So then you only have a hundred people call in, right, um, saying that they did they can't get into their community platform. So when you're doing five million account records that have to be moved over, uh, everything has to be moved over pro- properly. Uh, the number that the <laughs> the forgiveness for error is very, very small, right? And and we did have, you know, like 60,000 uh, accounts that were messed up, right? When we did, when we when we went over, even though we tried as best we could, I think we had 60,000 uh, that just didn't, didn't migrate properly, right? And uh, we spent the weekend fixing it, because right? you can't have 60,000 people calling you, even though that's even a small percentage, right? That's like less than, that's 1% or some, I don't even know what that number is, but it's probably less than 1%. 5 million, 10% would be what, 500,000? So 1% would be 100,000. So yeah, less than half a percent 1%. somehow got messed up during that that, that migration. Uh, but that's, you know, it's weird because we have people that, you know, their email addresses were wrong. We had duplicate email addresses. We had, you know, like all kinds of things that, that we had to deal with when you're migrating accounts. As everybody knows, you know, you have, you change companies, you get a different email address, but you attach it to the username. And there was just weird things. Back before 2010, we didn't have SSO to your My VMware account. So you had your own community account. And we had accounts that we were migrating from 2005, right, when the platform. So that's like, what, 15, 16 years old accounts that were still active, but they didn't actually have a My VMware account. So those accounts, when we migrated them to the new platform, we had to generate a My VMware account for them. But then a lot of those users had created new VMware accounts, right, with a different name. It was crazy, right? So in the end, we had 60,000, which was a half a percent. We had to go fix those over the weekend. And I think we get it down to like 500 accounts that were kind of broken that, you know, we've had to deal with over the course of the coming weeks, right? Uh, People calling us going, hey, and fixing it. And we have some people on on site to do that, right? To to go fix the 500, right? Which is still 0.00001 or some number like that. So crazy, crazy migration. The good news is the feedback is the platform. We did, oh, we did, uh, we threw away half of the content. 
So from 2005, the, we had a lot of stuff. Uh, old, pre... Uh, pre Unfortunately, if, you're, if you still have ESX 3.5 in, in production, you know, we have to draw the line at some point, Yeah, right? I, drew, I drew the line and I did this. You know, people ask, how did you decide this? And I went, well, I've been here since 2006, so I decided, right? So anything that was pre-vSphere 3, uh, or it was it's VI3, right? Anything pre-VI3, we archived. We didn't throw anything away. We kept everything, right? Uh, and in fact, the old community site is still up and running, right? We just don't tell people where it's at uh, until we got everything totally settled. Probably sometime middle next year, we'll we'll finally turn that off. Uh, and we're still using it to go find things that didn't accident, that didn't come over properly, right? So um, user blogs didn't end up in the right place. Uh, so we're still we're still doing some cleanup on some of that. But yeah. Yeah, um, we did. We we migrate a lot of stuff, man. I just yeah, a lot of stuff. Well, now it's in place for 2021, and, and yeah. we oh, talk about yeah. some of those new 2021 initiatives. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else is out there? What last, what else do, last, do we have in in coming initiatives? Last thing on the upgrade, and I knew what I wanted to say there is that the speed, of course, because we cut mm. half the content down, right? Um, and we had to restore uh, maybe a. a t- Five percent of the content we took away, people complained, and we restored it. Right? We found homes for it, and uh, so we. This is one way to find out whether you need anything in the attic, right? You know, you know, how do you determine when to clean out your house? Well, you put all the things you don't want, don't think you're using, out in the garage, and then you wait and see if any of your kids or your wife or anybody else complains that what happened to the thing that I okay. use. But you have this to let, screams file. Yeah, sure. you have to let that go for like six months to see, you know, if anybody compl- even notices. And then if they don't, then you, you know, bundle it up and send it over to public storage, right? And then you let it sit in public storage for a few more years until finally you you, you abandon it and it gets sold for $89 for some bidder who, you know, comes in and takes all your old stuff and, and sells it. Um, but that's how you, you we were getting rid of stuff there. Point is, because we reduced the size and we went to a SaaS service, uh, the platform response time went from... 10 to 20 seconds on certain pages. Uh, and in Europe, it was like more like 30 seconds to edit something uh, down to two seconds um, globally. So uh, two seconds, when you go to the VMTN community site now and you post a forum post, you know, you get two seconds and that page is up and running. So we are extremely pleased with the performance of the platform, uh, which has always been a nagging thing for us. So uh, and going into 2021, as you say, uh, some of these things that we'll get to do with com- community leadership now, having a fast platform makes a big difference, right? So we're pleased about that. Sounds fantastic. On the list for 2021, things that we are going to be investing in because we are doing our investment planning right now. Uh, my budget did not get cut significantly so yay for us uh, that was that's always good going into a next year that uh, our budget stayed pretty much intact right so that's good that's why we get to do some v expert uh, gifts you know and rewards uh, for next year uh, and we do have some budget they did kind of cut the VM world booth budget you know, a down. So we're not going to get two hundred thousand dollars to build the theater and the you know all the all the booths for Europe and U.S. But that's rightfully so because I they'll give it back to us if they for whatever reason decide to do a physical VMworld. But other than that, budget was remained intact. So things. Um, first thing that uh, we are looking at is a customer loyalty program. So we've never done 
customer loyalty. Now that's not going to be out of my group, but we're going to help them with the platform work. And what does a customer loyalty program look like? Uh, customer loyalty program is what you would think it is, kind of like an American Airlines frequent flyer program, where you, the more you use, the more we see that you're using software uh, and you're loyal to us and you are doing things, but you're basically a customer. You're not a content producer. You're not a V expert. You're just an average customer that's using our platform. So we we say thank you to the the big people, the experts, people that are commuting, uh, contributing the the one upload for every you know ten downloads. But there is this need to just thank our customers for being loyal, being loyal customers. So there is going to be an effort, uh, not led by my group, but by led by a, a, a different marketing team. We're going to be supporting them to create a customer loyalty program where there will be, you know things that you get and special special opportunities or they're, they're working on it but uh, but the idea is that you're going to get be in part of that customer loyalty program because you're consuming our products using our products and if you think about SaaS SaaS products as we move forward um, SaaS products are actually ones that uh, <coughs> excuse me bless you ah, thanks yeah just a little tickly nose there um, don't worry, it's 2020. I know a cough is one of these such a sneeze is one of these things everybody panics about, especially when you're unmasked. But uh, no, it was just alarms little, just went off little, everywhere in Palo Alto. I know, a little tickly nose. I know when anybody sneezes or coughs near me, I go, oh no, I hold my breath for 20 seconds and run the other way. Um, Anyway, so uh, th that's one of the things that uh, you'll see coming from VMworld, VMware next year is is a, a customer loyalty program. Not so, not that particularly interesting, um, but uh, for for us. But just a heads up that that's coming. Uh, next one I have on my list is VMware Code and ARM. So been working with William Lamb. Uh, we are going to do some ARM stuff. So ARM is. You know, is is I think you know being birthed and uh, you know it's been out here for 20 years now. But uh, risk architecture uh, is going to take over the world. Um, you know, we've already seen that with Apple. Look at look yeah. at the new MacBooks that are out there with the M1 chip. Yeah, and you look at what people are saying about the performance. Uh, they're saying that look, it's faster than x86, right? That the, the, the ARM... and many benchmarks for even what is now the the base MacBook. Uh, is per, right on there with some of the MacBook Pro benchmarks from what I've seen. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So ARM uh, from the the ARM guys in Europe isn't there yet, right? Like it's it's like if you look at the Raspberry Pi 4, it's, you know, it's like 70% of what an x86 is, right? You know, and I think it's four core or six core. I don't remember what the, I think it's four, still four core, but it's like 2.2 six gigahertz, four core now with X amount of RAM. So it's it's getting there, but it's only 7%. But apparently Apple makes their own ARM, right? Uh, and they name their ARM, their implementation, but they design it themselves and then they have it made themselves. So it's, they license the ability to build their own ARM designs, right? Normally everybody that's using ARM is using the ARM reference designs from, um, from the European Arm Group, I don't know what the name of the Arm Group is, but it's the European Arm Group. They own Arm, but Arm licensed uh, the name and the specs to Apple, who then build their own CPUs, and their own CPUs now are better than the x86. Right, right. Truly, system on a chip. I mean, it, yeah, integrated RAM and what and whatnot. Yeah. So it, it's 
it's interesting to see where, where that's headed. And I can't wait to have William on for, for an episode and yeah. all the developments that he's been working on with ESXi on ARM and some of those true um, enterprise business cases uh, for that platform. So we're working with him to build, take all of the Raspberry Pi labs that we did, Kubernetes, uh, the sensors, uh, and migrate that, and the AI lab that we have, and migrate that to uh, labs on uh, ESX running on ARM. So we're going to make those run in a VMDK that you then get your Raspberry Pi 4, you stick ESX on it, and then you can just go download the VMDKs and have the source code and everything. And then we're going to be running labs all of next year. So big push on ARM because we think that ARM over the next 10, five, seven years is going to be you know, a new platform that everybody's going to want to have on their resume, want to learn about everything that's going on there and kind of track it. And if you look at the ARM systems that we're going to be supporting moving forward, so we do support two or three different ARM systems already, and that's going to accelerate uh, throughout the next few years. And so bring everybody's speed up to ARM is going to be a big deal. So I think there's two major thrusts or three major thrusts. So one is ARM. Uh, the second one, and I'll stop before we go. Well, I'll do the second one. Second one is Kubernetes, right? So again, continuing Kubernetes. the theme. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, right. or everything that we've done with, you know, Tanzu and whatnot with those releases coming out now, it, if you haven't heard it by now, I mean, it, Kubernetes is absolutely here to stay. We're supporting it in the enterprise and it's uh, the new application and, infrastructure to learn right and if you look at pat and you look at uh what's actually happening then um you know i can see that you know he's he's doubling down on that 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 supporting applications everywhere app climbing up in the application space pivotal doing application consulting uh it, m moving up into the developer world and offering them services that uh, that help them do faster applications deploy to production easier, faster, cheaper, um, uh, which, which you know, that'll be a thrust next year. We're going to spend more and more time in that space as well. I feel like COVID kind of, I was thinking that 2020 would be the big Kubernetes opportunity for everybody to engage and spend time with Kubernetes and do this in their home lab and bring people in and interview them and talk about, you know, that, you know, all the technology for Kubernetes. But in the end, none of us got to do that. Right. Uh, I think COVID, right, we had to keep the lights on. Yeah. COVID, and that's understandable. Yep. COVID, COVID made that happen. So again, you're going to double down, do it again. Right. Where, you know, if you don't meet your goal in a given year, but you think it's an important gear year, you, you look at it and you, okay, what do we do wrong? Why didn't we make that, meet that goal? What do we got to do to meet that goal? <laughs> Let's do it again. The goal doesn't go away. We just figure out how we didn't make it happen and then do some work to make it happen. And uh, and that's the grind. That's the, you know, don't give up, bulldog, grab onto it. So you see us doing that. And obviously we released Feature 7 with the, with it. So we, you know, the, the company made, I'm just talking about, you know, my own personal goal of, you know, uh, bringing, you know, the community along. Uh, it didn't do, we didn't really, we didn't do a great job with that, but then we had lots of other things we were doing. So um, looking forward to Kubernetes. And then the, the, the third is SaaS. And what does SaaS mean? What does subscriptions mean? And how do we move that company forward? I think Pat sees our long-term goal as everybody's buying through 
subscriptions, right? Or SaaS, right? And I'm not even sure the difference between subscriptions and SaaS and our numbers. So I'd like to find a, a guest that could come in and, and articulate, you know, if VMware is trying to get somewhere, it's our job, you know, as the V community to help them, right? Like I always ask guests, what can with the community do for you, right? And I think there is a piece of me that wants to understand what is VMware trying to get to? And then how do, how do we understand that? And if it's subscriptions, that's an easy goal, right? That's just the way you purchase, right? You purchase based on consumption, right? That's essentially I'm buying vSphere 7 and instead of buying a CPU license or, you know, a platform license with X number of CPUs in it uh, um, or cores, uh, I'm going to buy it via some subscription and they're going to monitor, you know, how much consumption I'm using or how many times I've spun it up or how many times I powered up a VM. I don't know, but there's something like that. And then I, you know, burn down my subscription rate, right? Um, or then and resell subscription. That's a little different than SaaS, although they tend to bundle the the SaaS and subscription all in one number. To them, it doesn't matter. It, they they want you to sign up for a reoccurring consumable license, right? Like, and it's not you know, and that's their SaaS slash subscription. But there there's a difference between on prem and running something as a subscription, which then they term that as kind of like a SaaS subscription business versus true SaaS. And what do we mean by true SaaS? Well, SaaS would mean you're running it on somebody else's infrastructure, right? And then we're selling you uh, the ability to run that on somebody else's infrastructure. So uh, who's SaaS? Well, we have a VMC on AWS. We've got uh, Azure. We have software that we're selling on Azure. Uh, we have security software. We have vRealize Automation SaaS. Uh, they will help you. We have several different uh, offerings that we've had on the show that are truly SaaS only. Right, you have to you you buy this and then just run it as a SaaS service, and we manage help you manage your data center as a SaaS service. So there's this whole lands landscape of SaaS services that I would like to understand as well, so that we know what is VMware trying, where is VMware trying to go, and at the same time, then what does it mean for packaged products? You know, like what's that mix? So I, 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 here's how I've bought it before. And here's how you're going to buy it in the future when, when it comes up for the next re, uh, licensing, whether you're expanding or you're just in a renewal, it could be dramatically different from how you've purchased it and consumed it before. So I think it's important for the community to understand those changes and to right. prep the you know the the senior level management, the the persons that they need to re, to report to 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 say, hey, there's some significant changes coming along. There could be some opportunities for savings, and there could be some opportunities to do different costing models. But to get ahead of those discussions, right, and to to make the average uh, you know virtualization admin within our community aware of those changes. Right. The other thing that uh, we have a, a job to do is to also provide feedback to Pat and upper management on huh, what's stupid and what's good, right? Like, so um, maybe some of this stuff is stupid, right? Like we don't know, like everybody jumps on a bandwagon, uh, but then at the same time, uh, people want a MacBook Pro, right? So, in, and I, I equate this back to back when everybody was telling Steve Jobs that they, that he needs to go, uh, 
give up and go to Windows, start building Windows laptops. Uh, this is back when they were floundering with PowerPC, uh, their laptop business. This is right when he took back over Apple, right? And everybody was telling him it's over. Um, you know, you're going to have to just start building Windows. Windows owns everything. And, you know, he didn't just go, well, just because the world's going, that doesn't mean that there isn't a value prop for what I'm doing, right? And if we make better what we're doing, the world will still will follow us, right? And, and so there is this, okay, is SaaS really the way, you know, that the world is going to run enterprise? Or is it one of these things that's popular? But there's also, you know, we still own 80% of the enterprise, right? Like, we, there's reasons to have data centers, right? And we don't want to over-rotate. And it's our job to make sure that people stay sane with regards to like what is real versus what is not. So, um, and, and, you know, and it's not proven to me that uh, I want to run my entire data center or even a third of my data center, or even 25% of my data center in a subscription slash SaaS model, right? Um, I'm sure there will be some continued growth and we want to cover that. We want to be there, but we also want to understand what's the balance, right? And make sure that the company stays focused, that we don't forget about vSphere, that we still, you know, are pushing the envelope of, and what we're talking about is not that the engineering teams aren't going to do this. They are going to do this. But when we're talking about things, when we're podcasting, when we're inviting guests in to talk, we don't want to over-rotate into Kubernetes when in fact there's still really great things in vSphere and that a lot of people are still care about those new features for vSphere. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of VMs running on, and I could say, I think fairly confidently, the vast majority of on-premises infrastructure. Right, exactly. Still to this day. So that is uh, that is the that is the that is the goal. It is always the goal for me to you know Bob Plankers and vSphere and vSAN and still gets you know nine thousand seven thousand five hundred downloads right like to make sure everybody understands that our number two most popular episode in 2020 was Bob Plankers coming talking about core vSphere. Don't forget that, guys, right? Um, and we shouldn't forget that. Yet at the same time, there's this new stuff to learn too, SaaS and uh, subscription models and what products do we have that are interesting that might add value to everybody in the ecosystem. Yeah, It's a tremendously growing company. I think that's one of the things that, that we really subtly mentioned, but we, we haven't really come out and said it, that all of the expanding BUs within VMware as a whole, of the entire, not only the, their traditional infrastructure that we think of it was in the virtualization platform, but again, security, EUC, um, what we're doing now with, with Kubernetes and that, those control planes and whatnot. It's an expanding organization with, with lots of, a lot of different applications and tool sets um, and so many different particular paths to go down for the individual administrator um, to understand and to learn about. And I don't see that changing at all in 21. If anything, we're, it will be new acquisitions, um, new um, you know, feature sets to, to come on board that will be um, probably complementary and in some ways maybe brand new. So that, that change is a constant state with, with all things VMware. And then 
for the happy times because I know we're at the top of the hour, beyond the top of the hour now. We've been running for more than an hour, uh, but I will throw out the – and then there's always the idea that uh, Dell is going to spin VMware Office and we're going to re-IPO. And so 2021 should be exciting from the standpoint of what does it take for us to successfully spin off, re-IPO, and make me another billion dollars. That's that's my goal. Um, a little too old. Insider baseball and way outside of my realm. Yes. Well, I know they have made public that uh, Dell is intending to to spin us off somehow. And none of us know anything more than that. But that's just to sprinkle some little sprinkles on top of the ice cream. Who knows? What's exciting to me is ARM for sure. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the customer loyalty thing. I'm always liking to th say thank you to people. And uh, and Kubernetes, I, I, I feel like I want to redo on Kubernetes. And I'm glad that uh, the, the post-traumatic stress disorder that I have around uh, moving to VMTN and 5 million users to a new platform are now behind us. And the performance is great. And I got a lot of community people that are helping us out to, for leadership. So I'm actually looking forward to 2021, right? Uh, I looking forward to not say 2020 any longer, right? And uh, actually we can say 2021 and, uh, and there's some really cool stuff that we get to work on. And then as the economy opens back up and uh, we can go out and uh, engage with one another i think this could be a really fun year um so i'm hoping for, i'm hoping for that i'm hopeful i can't wait to get back out there and see everyone if i had one christmas wish i, I think that's it it's to, to get everyone back together um to have an in-person vm world for both obviously the americas and, and europe next next year and to to see all those people that we've missed um, throughout 2020 and have that sense of community back of uh, in-person hugs and, and handshakes and, and to continue this great V community that we've, we all know and love. I agree. I agree, Matt. And with that, good sir, thank you for a great year. Thanks for being here. You've been a rock. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. I consider you a good friend and uh, I hope you have a good vacation, uh, some time off and uh, we will get our guests lined up. I know Martin is interested in coming in and talking about smart, smart switches, smart Nicks, sorry, smart Nicks. So um, looking forward to that. And we'll uh, again, kick off with some, some better guests and uh, get some good interviews going. Sounds fantastic. Looking forward to it. Thank you for having me on and we'll yeah. talk to everyone Thanks a lot here in the new year. Thanks to Graham and to Tony Foster who always come in and help us with the tech every week. We appreciate them. Always great to have them around. Um, and as always, if you want to come, you can go to vmw.re slash pod and we are live. You can uh, come in and say hello and chat with us. I'm on chat and we say hello to people. And so if you want to come in next year and say hello and uh, give us some pointers, um, always love to see people. So. With that, we will hit the big red stop button and uh, go take a good week and a half off, and we'll see you in the beginning of January. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.